Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of To The Point Podcast. Hope you guys are all doing well and had a great Merry Christmas and uh, Boxing Day and whatever date we are now, the 28th, as I look at the bottom of my computer. But as you can see, I'm in a different location today. I am in Edmonton. Uh, I have been watching the World Junior Hockey Championships for the past two days, and it has been phenomenal, to say the least. It's been it's been a great trip, and I, uh, you know, so thankful to to Sawyer Hannah for inviting me uh, to start off today and uh, getting to, you know, uh, watch you know, the Germany Czech game yesterday w- was so fascinating, was really entertaining. You know, basically, what I've been doing is I I watch the games live and I rush back to to the hotel and watch the uh, games from Red Deer on TV. So it, it's it's been such a great experience so far. And, you know, we had a lot of teams to kind of talk about. There's some players that I've really, really enjoyed um, watching over the last couple of days that I think are going to go high in the NHL draft that uh, could be a problem come later in the tournament for teams like Canada. But, of course, being Canadian, let's start with let's start with Canada. And, you know, other than about seven minutes in their game against Czechia the other night, I thought it was a flawless performance. It was, I don't know, if, for a team that had played one pre-tournament game together, that had to go through quarantines, that didn't have a lot of time when you think about it. They, they could have played three pre-tournament games. They played one. The way they played systematically was so impressive to me. And what I mean by that is just getting pucks out of the zone quickly, making smart decisions. You know, there's a, a certain defenseman that I'm not that high on, but every defenseman can make a really solid pass out of the out of the zone, can make a strong exit pass. And that's so underrated in the game. And, you know, there's – but, I mean, you, you look at the game, they get five goals by defenseman, which is, which is crazy. Uh, you know, the one forward goal coming from Mason McTavish, who is a, you know, a freight train. I, I look at Mason McTavish like – the new Jerome McGinley because Jerome McGinley was a power forward that could finish. That's exactly who Mason McTavish is. You look at him on the ice and me not being that far away from him. He's so physically mature. He just got drafted in this past year's draft third overall. He is so, and there's a reason he played NHL games. It's because he's physically, he's more dominant than the other players on the ice. I watched Czechia yesterday. I like a lot of their defensemen. Uh, you know, watching them against Germany, you start to notice when they play a team of their caliber, some of their, you know, Savosol, uh, Malachek, uh, Spacek, they have a lot of defensemen that are very good. But McTavish is just physically stronger than anybody, I think you could argue, in this tournament. But I look at their defense core, and – there's a lot of really good defensemen in this tournament. Uh, I'll, I'll go to the Finns when we get to that team, but I look at Canada. You could make the argument, and it's a pretty easy argument, that they have the two best defensemen in the tournament. And that would be Caden Gooley and no, Owen Power. And uh, we're sitting down to watch the game, and me and Sawyer were kind of talking. He goes, well, you know, Power doesn't look like that great of a skater. And, you know, I think that was a fair assessment because he's a really big guy. I told him, just, just give, him, give him a minute. 
And, you know, it wasn't just that he scored three goals. Of course, that's going to be the headline. He wins players at player of the game. But to me, again, he's Victor Hedman. That, that's my player comp. He's, he moves so well. You see him at the blue line make those passes cross seam. The way the toe drags. And my biggest thing that I'm, I'm so excited for him is his confidence. He has a, a swagger about himself on the ice, the way he plays. He just he, – he moves in almost every shift. If you notice, he pinches all the time. He moves into the play. And something I'm encouraged by with this tournament as a whole thus far is how teams are, are using their defensemen. Too often, I think, in the, in the junior game, in even, you know, uh, minor hockey – Forwards don't pass the puck to the point, which is mind-boggling to me because it's something that is defensemen provide offense. Defensemen get shots from the point you can deflect. It creates offensive opportunity. And not only that, but it, it gets the defense moving. It opens up opportunities. Um, you know, opens up opportunities for yourself in play. And um, I see in the comments, Creighton, uh, good morning to you, my friend. Who would you compare power to in modern day NHL or past players? So yeah, I, other than Hedman, um, he, you know, obviously he's big like Chris Pronger, but he moves a lot better uh, than Chris Pronger. I, he's tough because I think he's, I think he's better as a junior player than Victor Hedman was. Victor Hedman went, obviously went second overall. Power went first. Um, and this is another lofty comparison. Uh, Create uh, as I see in the comments, I'm going to go Nick Lidstrom because, and again, Nick Lidstrom was a later developer, but he moved so well. He had that hockey IQ and Nick Lidstrom was quiet. He was a Swede. Swedes aren't, you know, boisterous. They are not cocky per se, but Nick Lidstrom had a quiet arrogance about him, which every player needs. And to me, Owen Power has that. You see him, he scores a goal. It wasn't a big celebration because he knew he's going to score goals. He knows he's playing. He knows he's the best damn player in this tournament. Point. And the period. And I, I, I love the way he played. But not only that, they get goals from Zellweger, who I'm not a big fan of. Uh, he, he, to me, is Canada's worst defenseman. Uh, he's a, I look at him as a turnover machine, and there's a reason – that he went from the top D pair in the pre-tournament game to being on the, the third pairing the other night. But kudos to him, he scores a goal. Sobrango, beautiful. I mean, that goal to end the uh, first period, a cross-feed pass from Cole Perfetti. And Perfetti is – I don't know if – I mean, his ability to saucer pass – I mean, there's one thing to put a tape-to-tape pass, but it's another thing to – go cross ice above sticks and land a, a saucer pass tape to tape. He did it three to four times the other night. And this is the player we didn't see last year, but it's another year of development. He's got 10 points in the, in 11 games in the American hockey league this year, playing for Manitoba. He, he, again, it's another, it's a 19 year olds tournament. Well, it should be if we're not watching uh Matt Mikov from Russia, but he looks, he's another year mature. He's in the, he's playing pro hockey. He's coming, playing with junior players. He has confidence, which he should. Nothing wrong with that. That's, 
That's one thing I always said. People, you know, oh, he's arrogant. Okay. You need to be arrogant to win. Scott Niedermeyer is one of my favorite players, if not my favorite players of all time. Yes, he was quiet. Yes, he was a Canadian. However, you don't you don't think that guy was damn confident? You don't think he had some arrogance about him? Of course he did. He was Scott freaking Niedermeyer. And I just look at this team. Perfetti is key. And for Canada to win 6-3, they scored three power play goals. I, I want to see them play better five on five. I think they're going to score a pile of goals tonight. I mean, I watched Austria yesterday. God bless them. Um, you know, they had nine shots uh, and they lost 7-1. Their goalie played really well. He kept the minute. I think it's going to be a slaughter tonight. And it wouldn't, you know, we saw a 16-3 last year um, when Canada beat the Germans. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Canada win same score honestly and yeah we're gonna see a point some point nights from a lot of guys tonight i and poor austria um but the the one weakness i i can point to this to this team so far and it's only one game in um in that first period i was a little concerned because they didn't seem to notice that the czech republic were playing one man high basically you know cherry picking and it created odd man rushes, and they scored two goals on those odd man rushes. You know, they scored one in the power play uh, to tie the game originally, and then Savosel uh, made that beauty of a goal. But I, I, I pointed to that, and I said, well, Dave Cameron, you know, defensive defense coach, even defenders on the ice, you don't see it. And it took him a while to figure it out because five on five, Czech Republic didn't have the puck. They, they just didn't have control. I mean, Canada outshot them by 20. Uh, they didn't have, they didn't create opportunities. And I, um, I, I, so that, that worried me because if I look ahead, I don't think the U S are going to play that way. Cause they're a good team. But I've watched Russia now two games against Russia's just, they're not that good. I wouldn't be surprised if Russia doesn't meddle. I, I they don't, they play stupid hockey. They take really bad penalties. They shoot themselves in the foot too often. They don't have, other than they're, you know, just recently turned 17 year old, only eligible in the draft in 2023, Phenom, they don't have that many game breakers. Where I think a team like Canada, I look at the US with players like Matthew Nyes, Brett Burrard, uh, Sanderson. I think they have guys that can make a big play in the big moment. They might not have the Trevor Zegras that they had last year to do it. But I do think they have guys that can that can break the game open. Russia doesn't. Uh, Sweden, Holtz, I love. Um, Simon Edvinson is right behind power for me. You know, I mentioned power and Gooley. I think Edvinson, who went six overall to Detroit, which you know they just know how to. Stevie Y, he was a centerman. He knows how to draft some defensemen. Sider is a stud. If you listen to the podcast, you know how much I love him. The German who was their captain last year at this tournament. He's uh, unbelievable. Uh, Evanson went six overall. He looks legit. So they they got a really good balance here. They, you know, I I, I like I like what they're doing. I think Sweden is a good team. Unfortunately for Slovakia, if they weren't playing in that division, I think they'd finish third in Canada's because they they can't score. 
Uh, unfortunately, even though Jesper Wallstad played fantastic last night for Sweden after after the uh, Canada game came home and watched that. I mean, he was the 20th overall pick by Minnesota. He had a game to remember. Um, and, you know, I mentioned the odd man chances. That's my weakness. I look another thing for Canada. That's still a question mark for me. It's goaltending. And two of the three goals in that I really didn't like from uh, from Dylan Guerin. The uh, Svosil goal where uh, Ladislav Svosil scored that beautiful goal where he undressed uh, Sabrango on the play and then comes in to go shelf. I felt he should have had it. He had him squared up. He, he was looking at him. He dropped, a, dropped his shoulder a little bit. I felt he should have had that goal. Again, the first goal in the power play, I get it's bad bounce, hits off, but he was late on the slide. And it's a, I don't, they haven't announced who's going to start yet tonight, to my knowledge. Um, I, I don't, I just don't love it. I need to see more. I want to see, I believe Bro, uh, Sebastian Brochu, it was, he was the backup the other night. I want to see him play. Um, and I, I want to see what, tonight's not going to be a good gauge because you're playing against Austria. You're not playing against a team of very high caliber. But again, that's, that's something for me that I want to see. But overall, team game was phenomenal. Now, one player that has a lot of pressure, because when you go into your draft year and you play in this tournament, you're supposed to be fantastic. Alexi Lafreniere lit the tournament up. Connor McDavid lit the tournament up, even though Max Domi won tournament MVP, Connor McDavid was right there along with him. Batman to his Robin. And the other night, it was not a very good night for Shane Wright. I look at a guy that just seems indecisive, that seems tentative, that he doesn't have confidence. He looked like a fish out of water. And it's sad to say, because I thought he would, and towards the end of the game, Dave Cameron played him a ton. And I get that. You, you expect him to be a game breaker by the end of the tournament. And it was one game. That's something I have to remember myself. It was one game. However, he did nothing. Uh, you know, Bedard had a few shifts. I thought he was more impactful. And again, Bedard didn't play that much. Shane Wright played a lot. He's in the top two lines. I want to see, he's playing against a lesser team tonight in Austria. And I wonder if, I, if, Wright has a little bit of Quentin Byfield in him, where Byfield, for a lot of his World Junior experience, just seemed a little bit just there. He wasn't a game breaker. He wasn't, you know, he was such a big physical man, but he didn't use that often enough to my liking. Shane Wright, he pulls up when he goes in the corners the other night. He just kind of stays out to the outside. He doesn't attack the puck. That's one of the worst traits you can have is that you, the puck's there, but you don't want to go and get it. To me, that, that's, that's a player that's not going to be successful. The puck's not always going to come to you. In the NHL, you need to be willing 
and able to go into that corner and come up with the puck. And too often for me, he just kind of sat there. He just, you know, moseyed around and pitter-patter, let's get at her. I mean, come on. But, again, it's one game. But this is a big tournament for him. Because, you know, I was talking to a few scouts, and, you know, this this draft year is not exactly the most impressive players um, by most by most accounts. But I, I also, you know, if you're number one, clearly, um, I want to see some production from you. You know, I want to see you dominate this tournament like you should. And, you know, I look at Craig Button's list and I've gotten to see a few of these players play already in this tournament, which is, which is cool. You know, Shane Wright is projected to go number one. Well, I haven't seen much yet. He's been having an okay season. Not great. Um, Logan Cooley is playing for the Americans. Uh, he, he's been okay. I'm going to watch the game against the Swiss, uh, Swiss this afternoon. Joachim Kemmel, again, I wouldn't really know him if I, if you didn't tell me he was there. Savoie is not in the tournament. Simon Nicek, uh for Slovakia, he is a good player. I, I like him. Uh, he played very well last night for Slovakia. He moves the puck very well. Uh, Daniel Yurov is a uh, is a right winger for he's playing on Team Russia uh, right now in the tournament. Um, he's got really four points in two games, so he's had a hot start to the tournament. He's been noticeable. Uh, Mershenko is not playing, but I go through the list like David Juracek for the Czech Republic. Unfortunately, that player was injured in game one. He's out for the tournament. I like him. I like a lot of the Czech defensemen. I mentioned uh, Savosol. Um, I, I, I even look at, you know, I'll get to the German uh, Czech game, but yeah, there's some players that I like there. 17, Brad Lambert. Brad Lambert is, I like him a lot. He, he's, he's, he's on the top fin line with, um, you know, they, they had three of the uh, seven goals yesterday. He, he sets people up. I don't view him. He's a right winger. However, and my player comp to Lambert and they play their next game is tomorrow. No, Thursday against Austria. So get dialed in for that one. But this is my player comp for him. I view Brad Lambert as a Ryan Getzlaff. And he's he's not afraid to go into corners. He's not as big as Getzlaff, but I, I think he can get bigger. He can get physically mature. And Ryan Getzlaff is a great player. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. But he wasn't a great scorer. You know, he wasn't exactly your prototypical finisher around the net when it comes to elite goals. What did Getzlaff do so well? He's a great passer. He's got a great sense of who's on the ice with him. He's got great hockey IQ, and he knows what to do when he gets the puck. Lambert's the same player. He's a guy that sees the ice, he figures out where guys are going to be, and he gets the puck to them. And um, he, I just like the way he plays. I, I think Lambert – just watching this tournament so far, I think Lambert's a better player than Shane Wright. Obviously, Shane Wright's a center. You got to hope that he can de physically develop, get some more confidence. And we'll see by the end of the tournament. But I do think Lambert can move up draft boards because of his ability 
just his hockey sense and his hockey IQ. And that's something that is hard to you know, quantify. But to me, it, it's so, so important. And then there's Marco Casper for Austria, who uh, is ranked 29. So he's right on the fringe of being, you know, a first round pick. Um, again, it's going to be hard to gauge for him. The only thing I can really say about Marco Casper, and they play tonight against Canada, so you'll be able to watch him uh, number 19. But the only play yesterday really is he, the, the third finished goal, he's in his defensive coverage. He's right in front of the net. His man is right there. He, he just leaves him there. He kind of just moses around. And what happens? Oh, he scores on that play. Then he shoves him in the head and he takes a two-minute minor. Stupid. Stupid. Um, so that, that was my one read on Marco Casper so far. Um, based on what you've seen so far, who could you see in the gold medal game? Any surprises? Uh, good question. Um, I think it's going to be extremely hard for Canada, and this is you know, from Canada, but I think it's, it's going to be extremely hard for Canada not to make the uh, gold medal game in this tournament because I think last year the U.S. were better than people gave them credit for, and then it was just like, oh, Canada is going to get the gold medal game and, and run them. Well, see how that played out. But I do think Canada is head and shoulders above everybody um, right now when, in this tournament. Um, so far, we'll, we'll see how it keeps going. Um, if I look, Sweden is a good team and they have some really good goaltending. I don't love their team. However, I, I like to see guys that just, you know, every game are going to produce. And I don't see that from them. Like Holtz is a very good player. He's another guy. Drafted seventh overall by New Jersey. He's playing uh, for Utica Comets in the AHL this season. Very productive, very good player. Again, I mentioned Simon Edmondson, stud, Wallstat, very good player. So they have pillars on every position you want that, that are really good. Um, Russia, their goaltending. Yaroslav Askarov's in his third World Junior Championship. He's gotten worse every time. His rookie is a 17-year-old. He, he looks better than he, – he didn't get the start yesterday against Switzerland. I don't know what they're going to do with Sergei Zubov as head coach with their net. But I mentioned Yurov, who's draft eligible this year. He's He's stood out to me. He looks like a really good player. And, you know, Connor Bedard is being pegged as the number one overall pick. I don't know if he's going to be. Um I'll get to that in a minute. So, honestly, I believe it'll be Canada-U.S. again, and that's not really a big – no big surprises. It's not exactly fun. If I had to say – you know, I look at the crossover games, potentially. So, let's say I think the U.S. are going to win their division, and I think Canada is going to win their division. So, Finland would be two – I think they'll probably play three on the other side. I think that'll be the Russians. Although I do think Slovakia can give Russia a run for their money. That game is in a couple days. That could be a surprise. I think I think Slovakia can beat Russia. And you know what I'll say? I think they'll beat them in a couple days. Because I like Slovakia. I like their roster. But on the other side, say Sweden finishes second. They play the Germans. 
that game could get interesting in the quarterfinal. And the reason I say that is I there's just something about I watched Germany last night. They're not a great, great team. But they got a few really good, you know, their goaltender Bugle played fantastic last night, kept them in the game. And the Czechs aren't exactly world beaters, but it's still a big win for a company. You know, Germany lost a lot of their key pieces from last year's team. You know, JJ Paterka, uh, Tim Stutzla are not here. They're not playing. They're not available to Germany, yet they still find a way to be successful. I believe Germany, I want to see them how they play against Canada. They still have um, Austria remaining on their schedule. I want to see how they play because I I think the Germans are a sneaky team because if, if the game stays low scoring like it did last night, they check. One thing you got to love about Germany, they check hard. They play tough. They don't make it easy on you. They don't take stupid penalties. I give them credit for that. They didn't shoot themselves in the foot last night doing that. If they could play a clean hockey game, Frustrate Sweden, make smart defensive. I mean, Sweden scores their second goal last night because they give up a breakaway. Slovakia could have won that game last night. You make one stupid decision. You have a wrong guy who has the puck on his stick. You lose the game when you're when you're a nation that doesn't have as much talent. But could I see Germany in a semifinal? I could, because I I like Munzenberger a lot at the back end. It was cool to see obviously the game in Edmonton last night. He's the 90th overall pick. He's picked 90th um, last year by Edmonton. So when he gets a point on the on their first goal, a good ovation for him. And he he's good. He can move the puck. He's smart. Uh, I, I liked I liked his game a lot last night. Um, and you know they they don't have you know game breakers, but you know you look at Alexander Blank scores both goals for them last night. He leads the DEL in under 20 scoring. And he scored a clutch goal late. So I think Germany could be that team. I, I look at the Czech Republic, no. They, they just have no confidence. They, When it started against Canada, you knew they were going to lose. I never thought when it was 3-1 Czech that Canada was going to lose that game. Because the Czech Republic came into that game defeated. They look so just like, oh, we have to play this game. We know we're going to lose. And... That's, that's a terrible way to have your team. Okay, yes, you're playing Canada, but put up a fight. Like in that second period, they take two awful penalties back to back, and the game's over. Five, three games, you're not scoring more goals. You had all your offense in that first period, and that was it. Yesterday's game, I look at coaching as, as a key problem. Okay, I get it that your top line, you have Jan Mishak, who's a third overall pick of the Montreal Canadiens, and he's your captain. And you have, you know, you, you have players that you trust on that line. No, you know, Pavel Novak, another drafted player. However, they were stinking it up. That line was providing nothing offensively, nothing. And you have the third line of Ivan Ivan and uh, Krocek and if, guys that were playing hard, creating offensive scoring chances. And they didn't play them enough. They go to Goot, the second line center. They go back to Meshack, and it, it was just so frustrating to me because it's okay. Meshack scores a lucky goal in the power play, it goes off a defenseman's skate. But you have to. I feel like these coaches in in these in this tournament were 
well, he's our captain. He's a drafted player. We have to play him. How about feel of the game? This is almost like the uh, analytics argument. How about play the players that are playing the best in the game? Not who is the best player on paper or is the best player 99 out of 100 nights. Who's playing the best right now? That's who I want to play. Not the guy that who is just doing nothing, takes a stupid penalty, frustrated, and gets hemmed in his own more often than that. The line of Ivan Ivan and Croach, these guys were pissing off Germany. What did Ivan do with the game? Drew a penalty. He was ferocious on the puck. He nearly scored a shorthanded goal with a beautiful save by Bugle. It just... How about just the feel of the bleeping game? Not, well, this guy has this number and he's our captain. Okay. What did that get you? You're not going to beat Finland. Okay, you'll beat Austria. Bully for you. You get to go and play the U.S. in the crossover and you're going to lose there. With that win last night, Germany, unless something crazy happens against Austria, they're likely going to finish third in this group, which is a huge accomplishment for them. Another year where they get a big win over a nation that they shouldn't. But you look, 2018, there was no NHL players at the Olympics. I get it. But what they get? They got a silver medal. They continue to play hard here. They're developing talent. Kudos to Germany for playing really hard and putting themselves in a position to be successful um, in this tournament. Um, I mentioned defensemen in this tournament. I want to talk about that for a minute. I look at these guys, and I think there's so many dominant D, and there's all across different teams. So I'll start with guys I haven't named yet. Topi Nimala for the Finns. He's a second-round pick of the Toronto Maple Leafs. He didn't have his greatest game yesterday against Austria. Took two minor penalties, but he's got a great shot, great feel for the game. He's definitely an offensive defenseman. Um, he, I think he's going to be a, a point getter. He's you know ripping up the junior league in Finland. He's actually just recently been promoted to their top league. So he he's a guy that I, I like a ton. Also in Finland, uh, number six, Vero on the back end. He is not going to. He doesn't flash. He's not going to jump off your screen, but he's systematically sound. He makes the right play 95% of the time. He's always in the right position. He defends. He'll block shots, and he will jump into the play. He's not afraid to do it, but he knows how to play the position. He's a defenseman. He will stop your opponents from scoring. What more can you ask? Uh, and I look at Vero, and I, I my player comp is Jacob Slavin. Um, and it's probably why I like him so much, because Jacob Slavin's my one of my favorite players in the NHL period. But he's just really, really smart. He skates well for a big guy, uh, and he he's a guy against Canada. If I'm the Finnish coach, Vero is going out against the Perfetti line. And Unless things change, then I might put him out against McTavish and Ken Johnson because I think Ken Johnson didn't play great in the opener. He'll get better as the tournament goes along because he's too good of a player to be to play it like he did the other night. He wasn't he wasn't game breaking. He wasn't you know he didn't jump off the screen. He's got so much talent. He'll be better tonight moving forward. 
but Vero would go up against whatever line's feeling it the most. He would play – You would every shift he goes on against that team because I'm not letting them beat me. I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm doing what I can to stop, you know, let Wright and Perfetti, Perfetti's aside, but let those other lines um, beat me. I'm not letting, I'm not letting McTavish and Kent Johnson roll, roll us over with a lesser D pair on them. So th- those two guys I like from Finland. Um, I mentioned already, but Simon Edvinson from Sweden is <sighs> stud. Detroit, doing good. They're on the fringe of making the playoffs this year as we – I think the NHL is supposed to be back today with um, barring any COVID issues after a long pause and <sighs> thankfully. Uh, but he he's another – he's going to be playing NHL hockey. You know, Sider's playing as a 20-year-old. Edmondson's playing in the Swedish Hockey League, so he's the same type path as, as a Sider. Sider did not have to play in the American League. I don't think Edmondson's going to have to either. He'll play his, his few years in in uh, Europe. He'll play, get in the Swedish Hockey League, play well. Maybe, uh, you know, he plays for Forlunda, which is the top team over there. Um, to me, he's just so smart. He skates so well. He has a strong read for the game. So crossover rounds, maybe you see them play camp. Watch out for number six in the back end, assistant captain for Sweden. He is a flat-out game-breaker. Um, Makir Habadulin, and no, that's not Nikolai Habibulin. That's Makir Habad. It's so hard to pronounce. Habadulin, number twenty-five for the Russians. Um, this guy would not jump off the screen when it comes to um, offensive production. When it comes to just, you look at him and say, "Okay, that guy just looks like an average." But he played last year, and I thought he was pretty good. He comes back again. He's a New Jersey pick, um, and I like him. He's big. I think his skating's improved since I watched him play last year. I, he looks like he's moving better out there, so I, I like that about his game. And he's just a, he's just a you know he's a stopper. You know, you talk about a great shortstop. They're a run stopper, you could say. I think Mahabadulin is Russia's. Just he's always there. He's in the right position. He'll give you a check. He's not afraid to engage physically. He and you know, he will get some points, but he gets the puck out of their zone. Again, it's a team that lacks high-end talent, in my opinion. They don't have Kuznetsov of past years or guys that you know Vasily Podkolzin that necessarily jump off your screen. But he's a guy that gets them out of harm's way. He moves the puck going the other way, north-south type player, and. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. Um, Jake Sanderson from the Americans. Uh, he is, you know, he's obviously their captain, plays at the University of North Dakota. Um, he just looks confident. I, I look at the guy and I say, this guy looks like he's, there's not much he doesn't do well. I think Ottawa made a good selection taking Jake Sanderson. And it doesn't hurt that he comes from a bloodline where, his father played in the NHL for a number of years, and we see that more and more now. But he, he along with you know Luke Hughes, the brothers of, of uh, Jack and uh, Quinn, they they kind of run the back end there. I also like Brock Faber for the Americans. He's another guy again. Defensemen I normally like aren't exactly 
Kale McCarr types uh, because I, I just like a good defenseman. Can you play the position? Okay, you can jump into the play. Okay, but can you make a solid play in your own zone? Can you get the puck out of the zone? Can you get your team out of harm's way without making a, a futile error? And I think that's something that Faber, Sanderson, he's got more offensive creativity for sure, but he's also a guy that I think prides himself on being a good defenseman, and that bodes well for Ottawa. Caden Gooley for Canada, obviously captain for a reason. But what stood out to me that I, is what I love about him is his physicality. This guy is not afraid to engage. Every time checks cross the zone, they had the puck, Gooley finished. And I like his competitive edge because he took a hit one time on a shift. And he clearly took a number because it was on the same shift. He found the guy and let, laid him out. He He's so smart because he just breaks people up from the puck. Like a guy will have the puck along the boards. Gooley hits him or engages physically. They lose the puck. Guess what? Another team Canada member scoops up the puck, pucks out of the zone. He just knows how to – he's in the right position all the time. And he didn't have to do all the offensive stuff the other night. They had power. They had Sabrango. They had Zellweger to do that. Uh, but he he stands out because he just plays the game really, really hard. He has that competitive edge that you want in a player. I I really like Caden Gooley. Montreal has a good pick there. Obviously, they're – Shea Weber's gone. They're going through a transition right now. You know, will Ben Chirapi move? Gooley is a is a guy I think they can rely on to be a pillar of the future of the back end. They need to hope Romanoff. They need to hope Gooley can pan out and really uh, be what they look to in the future as, as their back end, as their stable of guys that are the new wave of, of Montreal Canadian defensemen. Um, and I, I mentioned power, but I could talk about him all day. Uh, the guy – what doesn't he do well? I, I just he is unbleep and believable. And I would keep Ronan Seeley with Owen Power because they play extremely well together. Seeley's a smooth skater. He can move into the play, but he also knows when to hang back because but Power's not afraid to move in because he knows he'll get back. That's something I love about him as well. Is um he's a guy that will move so effortlessly. Sealy, they have a good understanding of when each of them want to move in, want to uh, you know get in on the offense. And we, again, there's a lot of great defensemen. There's some. I think this year, it's the year of the defender when it comes to this tournament. There are some really good offensive players. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, Hellenius for Finland's a good player. Uh, obviously, I mentioned Brad Lambert. Um, you know, uh, Alexander Holtz for Sweden. But I do think the defense position is really, really strong in in this tournament. I think it's, I, I think it's 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 a great, it's great, and obviously you wait to see on goaltending to see how how those go for this tournament. But I think that the defense position is loaded at the 2022 World Junior Hockey Championships. Now, I also want to talk about this, and you know, it, it's interesting to see two 16 year olds kind of go at it, and. You also you got Connor Bedard and you got Maffei Mikov. And Mikov just recently turned 17, but they're in the same age bracket, Bedard and Mikov. They will both be eligible in the 2023 NHL draft. And Bedard is a really he, you know, he's just great talent. No denying it. But Mikov, I love this guy. He's not the biggest guy, 
But for a 17-year-old, boy, does he look confident. He looks like he's an overager at this tournament. He's got three goals in four games. The best thing you could say about Mikoff, and there's a lot of good things you could say, he has a NHL release. When he shoots the puck, it's off his stick in a second, and it's in the back of the net. He, so not only is he a great scorer, I think he's going to be a great goal scorer in the NHL, but he creates scoring chances out of nothing. You see the goalie score from the corner? I mean, he's in the corner. There's nothing there. But he creates an opportunity. He'll find a guy crossing. He just creates the offense. Team Russia doesn't have those players that you, you know, you go and say, this guy's a stud. I haven't seen them yet. But I look at him and say, and you saw yesterday, he, he didn't play enough against Sweden. I think that's a big reason you know, why they lost. Third period, he scores two goals to get them back in the game. Yesterday, he played a lot more because you need him to play more because he creates offense. It doesn't matter. And it's so counterintuitive to what Russia normally does at this tournament. They normally never take a youngster. It's all 19-year-olds. It's all old, you know, just older players. Well, he's just the best player, but he happens to be 17. And Bedard is the real deal. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's going to – it's because these guys are going to be back at this tournament again next year. They're being draft eligible. They'll be in the Shane Wright position, in the Brad Lambert position. I wouldn't be shocked if if over the next year we see them flip-flop a few times because Mikov, really the only reason I believe that he hasn't been put up as number one in some people's um, draft order, and a, and a scout pointed this out to me, is he's playing for SKA St. Petersburg, and he is signed until 2026. Now, you can get out of that contract, you can buy him out of it, but it gets tricky because you're dealing with Russia. So there could be a fear that he doesn't come to North America, that he stays in Russia. And, you know, we saw that with uh, with Kirill Kaprizov in Minnesota, where he didn't come over until he was 23. Now, you could argue it, it paid off. His Minnesota is one of the best teams in the NHL. He got a big payday, but nevertheless, um, there's there's something to be said for that, but I think the guy is just phenomenal. I I don't see a weakness in his game. I think he he's got everything you'd want in a player. He's, he's got creativity. He's got skill, and I think we'll only continue to see it. Hopefully, you know, for Russia, they got to hope that he can he can find it. And they they play the U, the uh, the U.S. in the coming days. They're off. They're off today. They play, let me find, pull it up here, the schedule for the tournament. They play the U.S. on New Year's Eve. So that's going to be a huge game, obviously. Uh, and uh, tomorrow, Team Sweden plays Team United States. So that could be first, for first. I, like I said, I think Slovakia plays tomorrow afternoon against, the, against Russia. I think they can make that a game, and I wouldn't be surprised if they win it because I think Slovakia is a good team. They're better then people give them credit for, and we'll see what they can do. But I, I like the way that they've been, they played thus far. I think, they're, I think they're a strong team, and, you know, they've played extremely well. Um, but, yeah, this it's great hockey. The barn in Edmonton's phenomenal. Beautiful, beautiful rink. Um, other, than the, other than the weather, which was dash 38 yesterday, 
Yeah, dash 38. Even for me, who doesn't get cold, that's why I got, you know, I got to rock the turn on that here because got to keep, got to keep myself warm. But it, it's, um, it's been phenomenal so far to see some great hockey. Um, and, you know, I'm going to keep doing these updates daily. Um, obviously, when the NHL comes back, we saw some great, I watched some NFL, even got to throw some of that in there, caught the end of the, Monday night football game last night. I mean, what a weekend in the NFL. You had Cincinnati, Joe Burrow just go legend against the Bengals. You had, you know, I said I was going to talk World Juniors, but I got to talk some football here. I can't go a couple days, though, talking football. I look at, I to me, New, Tampa Bay is the best team in the NFC. Brady, I've said that all year. They're missing Godwin. They miss pieces, but I think they'll figure it out. And if I had to pick a team to win the Super Bowl today, I would pick Tampa. I said before the year, I'd pick the Super Bowl rematch. I'm not backing off of that, my, and uh, I'll stick with that. But the biggest threat to Tampa Bay in the NFC, and it's crazy because this team finds ways to lose, it's the Dallas Cowboys. The, the Dallas Cowboys could go to the Super Bowl this year, and it's not crazy to say. You know, Cowboys fans have said forever, well, we're going to the Super Bowl, Jerry World. Well, this year it has some legs. When Dak Prescott plays the way he did last Sunday, when he spreads the ball around, when they run the football, they don't have to run it all the time, run it enough so that play action opens up, so you get some bootlegs going. That's when the Cowboys are at their best. And the reason I say they're the biggest threat and it's gotten – it's less to do with their offense. It's more to do with their defense. I look at the Saints game. The Saints beat the Bucks twice. And the reason they did was because they have a physical front going, out, going after the offensive line. Great pass rushers like Davenport, like Cam Jordan, like Inouye. And their back end can just flat out cover people. And I look at Mark, uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Marcus Williams, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. They have ballers in the secondary. I look at the Cowboys. The pass rush for the Cowboys is better than the pass rush from the Saints. Micah Parsons, the best rookie in football. Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, Doris Armstrong. They have guys that can get to the quarterback. They can pressure the quarterback. And their secondary isn't as good. It isn't. Trayvon Diggs is not Marshawn Lattimore, even, but he's great at, he's got 11 interceptions. He's having a great year, but he can be had when you double move him, when you, when you uh, put some tricks on him, when you just throw it straight up, he's going to intercept the ball because he used to be a receiver and his brother, Stefan is a all pro receiver. So that, that's not the best strategy. Don't do that. But they do, they, they have him, they have Anthony Brown, but you look at them, they, They force three turnovers a game on average. They have the best third down defense in the NFL. They can frustrate an offense. And quite frankly, Green Bay is number one in the NFC when it comes to standings. When I look at Super Bowl contenders in the NFC, I have them fourth. I have Tampa Bay one. I have Dallas two. I have the Rams then I have the Packers, and the Packers might have the bye, and they might have to go through Lambeau, and that certainly would help. But what doesn't – the crowd's great, the noise. But can you stop the run? 
And the answer for, for Green Bay is no. I'm watching that game on Saturday, Saturday night with, with my folks before I got in the flight Sunday morning. I told them, Baker's thrown three interceptions this game. He's playing like complete you-know-what. Yet, this defense has turned it on. They've forced Green Bay to be um, two of 13 on third down, which stinks. And they kept them in the game. They, they, they played hard. Now, Cleveland averaging over five, five yards a carry. Why the bleep aren't you running the football? You have Nick Chubb, one of the best running backs in football. Five yards a carry. Five yards a carry. That means that that defense on their side is not physical enough to stop you. So why wouldn't you run it? But no. How about with a minute left in the game? Three bleeping timeouts. Let's throw the ball. First and ten. Incomplete. Second and ten. Incomplete. Third and ten. Fourth interception of the game. Fourth. Should there have been pass interference on that call? Yeah, but it wasn't called. There's times where there's pass interference called whether it wasn't pass interference. That's the breaks. That's how sports works. I'm not crying a river for Baker Mayfield Jr. the third because the first three interceptions were bad too. But I look at Green Bay can't stop the run. Okay. Yes, Tampa's not great at running the football. Yes, you could say, well, Dallas is not great. Well, it's not about running for 200 like the Philadelphia Eagles can. It's about running for chunk yardage, running for four or five a carry, so that on the next play, it opens up your ability to run the play action, to throw the football. Dallas and Tampa do that extremely well. The Rams, Stafford to Cooper Cup seems to be a pretty good connection. We'll see how this goes. It's interesting down the stretch here. We got two weeks left in the NFL season. They're going to power through it. You know it. Um, that's what they do in the NFL. You know, looking ahead, as we, as we look at the standings, you got Green Bay 1 as of right now, Dallas 2, Los Angeles, Tampa Bay, Arizona have all clinched the playoff spot. San Francisco's at 8 and 7, followed by the Eagles. Um, the Eagles. This weekend, they play, I believe they got Washington again. They should win that game. That would be 9-7. and seven. San Francisco, Jimmy G, a.k.a. porn star Jimmy, has a thumb injury. So who knows if he if he plays this week. It might be Trey Lance, the rookie. I like both those teams better than Minnesota, Atlanta, or New Orleans, so I expect those teams to make the playoffs. AFC, Kansas City, I mean, what can you say about their game this past weekend against Pittsburgh? They just flat-out dominated. No Travis Kelsey, it didn't matter. Byron Pringle, two tubs. Run the football. Alaire, Daryl Williams. I mean, they are playing phenomenal football. They're in first, followed by Tennessee, who's 10-5. and five. They squeaked out a win against San Francisco. That They shouldn't have won that game, but they did. They got, they're hosting Miami this week in an important game because they have Indy right behind them at 9-6. and six. Indy is coming on. You know, Carson Wentz, Saturday night, again, Christmas Day, had a game to remember. 
He made some huge plays late in the game, and he, he looks legit. Cincinnati, big win. Buffalo, big win in New England. They now control their destiny to win this division. They host Atlanta, and then they finish with the Jets. So if you don't win those games, fold. Uh, but, you know, Miami, they won. They were crazy style last night. They're the only team in NFL history to lose seven straight games before winning seven straight games. They win in New Orleans last night. No, they're at eight and seven, but they have a tough, tough schedule. They are at Tennessee, then they finish at home against New England. Both teams are going to want to win those games. They don't have gimmies like Buffalo later in the season. But could they gut it out? Maybe. I don't think it's a guarantee they lose at Tennessee. They need to play some good football in that game. But behind them, you got Miami's in the spot right now. You have the Chargers at 8-7, and seven, who lost this past weekend, to the Houston Texans, who, you know, Davis Mills just comes out and has a game to remember. Vegas is at 8-7. and seven. I don't trust Vegas whatsoever. Baltimore is at 8-7. and seven. They play the Rams this week. Uh, will Lamar be back? Will it be Tyler Huntley who's on the COVID list? Who knows? Pittsburgh. <sighs> I mean, they played one week. They play terrible, and the next week they come back. They play. They play Cleveland this week. Both teams need that game desperately. Especially, it could get interesting because Cincinnati plays Kansas City this week. What a Cincinnati Kansas City! This huge game. Love that game. And you know, if you see Cincinnati lose, Cleveland potentially gets a win. They're eight and eight. They play the last week. They play for the division title. So after all this season where Cleveland was a dumpster fire. They could somehow sneak their way into the playoffs. Who knows? You know, the Raiders, they, they're no good, but they could still somehow make the playoffs, finish the season. They are at the Colts this weekend. That's not an easy game. And then they finish with the Chargers, I believe. Yeah, they finished with the Chargers. So we'll see where it goes, but NFL continues to chug. NHL is supposed to be back today. Um, they uh, They started – the new taxi squad system like they had last year so that teams can plug and play players from the American Hockey League so that there's not this long pause, which is smart. You know, you need to do that. I mean, the, 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 NHL, uh, the NFL, people can criticize the way they do business when it comes to handling of COVID. To me, you're never going to hear that from me because it's, it's the right way to do business. But that's going to be all for today, guys. Um, hope you guys enjoyed that. I'll be back tomorrow watching the, the two games today. We'll talk about some other news and notes from around the sports world as well. But hope you guys are all enjoying uh, Christmas break, whatever you guys are doing um, this week. And I'll be back tomorrow to chat with you all. But thanks for joining me today, and uh, have a great day, everybody.